Relay FM. This is Upgrade Episode 262. Today's show is brought to you by Pingdom, MailRoute, and Moo. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Jason Snell, fresh from the Steve Jobs Theater at Apple Park. Hi, Jason Snell. Hi, I still have a cloud of uh, Cupertino pollen, I don't know, dust, something all around me. I am, I'm back from the lovely Apple Park campus and the Steve Jobs Theater. And I'm here at Mega Office HQ. I've been digesting mm-hmm. all the information possible. Yes, you probably know way more than me. That's how it tends to be. We're going to do our best mm-hmm. to break down the news of today, which was the 2019 iPhone and more keynote. Uh, but I want to <laughs> start off with a hashtag Snowtalk question. Um, oh. I want to I want to hijack Snowtalk again uh, because I just have a very quick question that I want to ask you to get it out of the way. Um, overall, what were your thoughts on this event? The general consensus from people that I pay attention to online is that it was a bad or disappointing event, and I want to know what you think. I think, well, first off, we knew this was going to be an iterative product cycle for Apple. So I think disappointing, I don't know. I think it was weird that it ended with 20 minutes to go, and I really was expecting there to be kind of a one more thing at the end that they were they had saved something because we were so far ahead on time, and I just thought there's got to be something that's not in mm. this. We're in the iPhone already. Like there's got to be something, and there wasn't anything. That was the end. So that was uh, that was weird. Um, I was legitimately surprised by some of the things that happened in the event, which I think is rare and good. And you know, the, a lot of it wasn't a surprise though. The, the bottom line is we know a lot of this stuff. The The main event is the iPhone, and the iPhone was in many ways the least interesting update to the iPhone, although I think there were interesting aspects to it as a product. Mm-hmm. It's just it's yet another in the line of the iPhone X, essentially. Um, but so I, for me, I guess what I would say is I'm intrigued by the idea of getting Apple Arcade out of the way first in that one of the things that I like the least about any Apple event is interminable game demos. And they, I thought it was interesting that they put them up front instead of in the iPhone section. And I thought, well, I don't like game demos. And there are three of them here. And it feels like filler. And I find them boring. I understand why they do them. And they get two reasons to do them now because they want to show off iOS as a gaming platform and show off their new service. But... They are like death. Uh, the second one is kind of like death. The third one is always just, come on, please. And then, in the midst of the <laughs> iPhone presentation, they did another game Which demo. Which was the worst one. It was the most boring game. Yeah, and that was the moment when my soul briefly left my body. Yeah. But, I don't know, it's an Apple It's an Apple product event. The, they aren't the most explosive products. I don't know if I would go so far as to say it was bad, but it was... I mean, for your iPhone event, and Tim was like, I'm going to dispense with my updates. But then they did a retail update at the end, which yeah. was weird in terms of the mm-hmm. sequencing. But I understand why mm-hmm. they did it because we'll it, it has something to do mm-hmm. with Apple Watch Series 5. But that was a little bit strange. And so you kind of end, ended – the shape of it was kind of weird. So there's a lot of good stuff in it, I thought. But it was short, surprisingly, which made me feel like, uh, you know, when you think what all got announced, it's more than we expected. But – it still felt kind of light uh, mm-hmm. for probably some good reasons. So I don't know. I, I, it is not it was not their best event, but you know, in the end, Apple is not in the business of putting on a great show every September for everybody to watch live and be excited about. They're in the business of selling lots of iPhones. So you know, that's what it's for. I actually really enjoyed this event. 
um, like you, I was surprised in a bunch of places. I thought it was well paced. Mm-hmm. I liked the variance of the people they had on stage. It brought different oh, energies. Sure. Uh, I, I thought it it exceeded my expectations for what this event well, could have been. So that's that's probably true. Other than other than that, I was hoping that they, we would get that like uh, tire the, the tile like tracker as a one more thing, and that would have been a fun new product. And there was no fun new product, right? It was all just iterations yeah. on existing I would products. I would have been kind of annoyed if they would have burst out the one more thing line for a product like that. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. But it just it, I would have liked to have seen something like that. Um, I'll, I'll tell you though, I think this is telling, Mike. Um, when you say it was it was kind of surprising, and that is a good thing. Um, I we'll go into our draft results here in a minute, but I wasn't keeping score while I was watching. Other than uh, other than being crestfallen that we weren't going to get a, a shot of a, an Apple Store <laughs> on a slide, which <laughs> um, and and uh, at the end I was quite surprised to see how many things I had gotten right because oh, draft me. draft aside, leaving that aside, my mental model, my that virtual keynote I build mm-hmm. in my head did not conform to this at all. No, no. Also, Johnny Ive was uh, smiling but not standing up in my yeah. mental keynote, and that didn't happen. The the, the big there, thing though. that you were talking about, the Apple Watch, like your big kind of idea for what the Apple Watch this year was, I mean, couldn't have been more wrong. But we'll get to that later on. Could not on. have we'll been more wrong. And I feel, like, I feel like one one of the things that happens when we predict these things is after a while we get tired of predicting things that are favorite features of ours because we're like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I must just be mm-hmm. wish casting this thing. And then you get down on yourself and you're like, that's never going to happen. And guess what? One of those things happened this we time. quite literally said on the last episode, we give, have given up on that feature. But yeah. we'll get to that later okay. on because we should okay. address the scoring of the draft. Um, so on our previous episode, in case you didn't catch it, me and Jason, we make our predictions for uh, Apple Keynotes in the forms of drafts. So, you know, we could each make our predictions. We do it as a competition and only one of us can get a point uh, for, for a specific thing. Now, you beat me yeah. again. So you have won the year now, unless Apple does three more events between now. <laughs> Seems unlikely. Yeah, did a year. Congratulations to you. Um, Thank you. You, you, as is usual with me, I doubled down on a specific area that I thought Apple TV and Apple TV Plus was going to get more time than it did. Um, so, and, and that kind of destroyed me because I lost three points on that, basically. So, yeah. uh, in essence, this is how I scored you. I scored you as either 8.5 or 9.6. Uh, new range of iPhone colors, no 3D touch, haptic touch mentioned, new Apple Watch materials, iPhone XR has a second camera, Apple TV Plus clearer launch time frame, new iOS features coming later this year, new Apple Watch faces shown, an Apple retail slide of a photo of a newly opened flagship store. You got all of those points right for me you didn't but get no a spinal, spinal tap, tap reference. reference can i can i drill down on a couple of those now let me just say what i what i've struggled to score okay. which is updated okay. true depth hardware now that was yes. what we in, in the interactive scorecard that zach put in he's put camera in and technically the camera was changed but we weren't talking about the camera right we were talking no. about face id sensors no mm, okay so so first off that's not true. I was picking the true depth system, which includes mm. the face. It includes all of that stuff. Okay. It's the sensor bar. And what they did was they made a wider angle yeah. selfie camera, mm-hmm. which totally counts. Okay. So well, this, I think is that I, this was the point that I didn't score you on because I figured you'd but, say that and then you'd get so your point. So I wanted to ask you, though, 
what new iOS feature is coming, quote, later this year? The sneak peek deep fusion photo thing. Oh, was that a later this year? I missed yes. that. Oh, okay. And wow. I think a lot of people wouldn't have scored you that point, but it is an iOS feature. All right, it wasn't an iOS 13 feature, but that wasn't the pick you made. So it was just that it was new just iOS something, feature something will, come will be. Deferred, yeah. and then and then you're going to give me the. I mean, Stephen Hackett made the point that the the um, newly opened flagship store that Apple Fifth Avenue is not a new store, but it was closed for a long time. It will and be they're newly, newly opened, reopening it, and it is and it's a photo the flagship of, a store. of all flagships. I, I give you that one. I give you that. All one. All right, and then the tiebreaker was uh, there were ten total color options, yeah. so I would have won the tiebreaker too. I don't think we no spinal tap reference you, though. I wouldn't have gone for ten. But anyway, uh, I gave myself wide-angle lens on the iPhone, Apple Arcade pricing and clearer launch time frame, iPhone XR replacement, what the, the naming, iPhone 11 and iPhone Pro, low-light mode for photography, iPhone XR keeps its LCD. Um, I m- missed out on a demo of the Apple Watch App Store, Disney Plus being mentioned, new Apple TV Plus content deals being announced, and the Apple TV app being mentioned on the platforms. Didn't score myself on demo of Apple Arcade. I don't think I got it, but everybody else is telling me that I should have got it. I think you I think you got it. Okay. I had you down for that one. All right. So let's say that the official score to the end is 9-6 to you. Yep. Congratulations. You did really good in this one. Thank you. Like I said, I had no expectation of that when I left the room. <laughs> I was we like, never oh, do, no. right? We never I do. Have, well, not when I left the room. I will be honest because there's usually a really big backup at the um, at the the tables where everybody's demoing stuff. And last year I got caught up in the backup and I had to wait for a little while and all of that. This time, uh, when it was all over and the lights were up, the first thing I did, I loaded uh, Zach's interactive scorecard and scored myself. I'm and I pleased. could not believe, could not believe that I did as well as I did, because mm-hmm. like I said, my impression was this did not go at all as I expected. But once again, I made some bets on something we thought would be a lock, right? That Apple TV Plus would get a ton of time, and yeah. it kind of didn't, which was a surprise. But yeah. um, All right, so before we move on, this September, you can join Relay FM in support of St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital during September in honor of Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Worldwide, more than 90% of children with cancer live in low- and middle-income countries, many lacking access to adequate diagnosis and treatment, causing many of them to die before reaching adulthood help saint jude continue to provide kids care to kids all over the world by donating today go to stjude.org slash pineapple once again that is stjude.org slash pineapple i want to extend my most heartfelt thank you to every real afm listener who has gotten us to 68 percent of our funding goal already we have raised over fifty-one thousand dollars for saint jude which is an incredible number we want to reach $75,000 at least. We are about to spend about two hours now talking about products that begin at $699 and up into four figures. If you are going to buy any of those products, throw a little money towards St. Jude. They do an incredible thing there. Please, I, I ask you to do that. stjude.org slash pineapple, and you can do that. And we're also going to be hoping, I hope that we hit our goal 
of $75,000 before September 20th, which is new iPhone day. Me and Stephen Hackett are going to be streaming live on Twitch, a six-hour podcast-a-thon from 4 to 10 p.m. Eastern from St. <laughs> Jude's campus in Memphis, Tennessee. Jason's going to be involved. New iPhone day. New iPhone on day. new iPhone day of all things, too. Yeah, I will be involved in some way to be mm-hmm. determined. Uh, mm-hmm. I, they, I will be videoing in and... Uh, and and who knows what will happen? I, I think that's the question we're all asking ourselves: is what will happen well, <laughs> during no, this six-hour podcastathon? We, me and Stephen have a bunch of ideas of things we want to do. We needed to wait for today to happen to know exactly what we can and can't do because right. now it's an iPhone day. Well, that has opened us up to having iPhones to unbox on the stream. So there's going to be a bunch of stuff. We have a ton of really wild things. The St. Jude team, who we're working with directly, the the fundraising arm, have been really amazing and they have some fantastic ideas and they are indulging me in my insanity and stupidity Mm, so i am very excited so you can uh, find a link in the show notes to a twitch event page where you can uh, sign up to be informed about when the event is going live and also to find out when this event is happening in your local time zone so we're really excited about that september 20th you can't forget that date if you're a fan of apple and now you have another reason i would say an even more important reason to be paying attention on that day (laughs) depending where you are you could watch us while you're waiting for your iphone to come in that's right um we also a couple of weeks ago we had a big live show to celebrate relay fm's fifth anniversary where we played family feud this event was actually video recorded and a video version of this podcast has now been posted to the relay fm youtube channel there is a link in the show notes for that as well even if you have heard the relay fm family feud i recommend going back to watch it so it's a lot of fun yes and who knows perhaps if we had any survey questions left over from that event, we mm-hmm. might find some use for them. Imagine if there the was next, a whole uh, fourth round. What if there was a six-hour block to fill? Perhaps <laughs> even something as dumb as that might be used. Who, Who knows? knows? Who knows? Jason, I want to talk about this event by first talking about what was missing. Oh, uh, nice. And I have broken this down into two categories, the Bloomberg category and the 9to5Mac category um, of rumors that I think a lot of us had considered were definitely true, but are not true because of either the way that they were being reported or how much they were being reported or who they were being reported by. So a couple of Bloomberg rumors that we've spoken about in depth. And of course, both Bloomberg and 9to5 got a lot of things right, but there were things that they got wrong as well, and I want to talk about them. There was no software feature for altering images after the fact that we have seen. If Apple has it, they've not demoed it, which seems weird. And this is the idea of taking a photo and then being able to pan around and bring somebody else in or change the aspect ratio in some way from the regular um, wide angle lens to the ultra wide, mm. right? You remember talking about that? Yeah, that that's sort of true, actually. Oh, um, if you, it's off by default, but you can turn it on. If you take a picture with the, what they call the wide angle lens, mm-hmm. um, and then you edit it in the photos app, well, you have knew? the ability to crop and crop <laughs> outside. And it's actually oh. using data from the ultra wide. So you can do that. And after a while it gets discarded. If you don't edit it, well. if you edit it at all, that data will ride along with the rest of the photo, I think forever. Thank you very much for that information because that must have been something that I assume you found out in the hands-on area. It it is. I got a lot of information about that. The camera app. So 
let me tell you, as somebody who writes a book about photos, I have that moment where I'm like, I can't write any more about this because they're going to release new iPhones and there's going to be new photo features and it's going to break everything that I've already written. And that totally happened because that camera app has all sorts of things in it that weren't in it before and some little tweaks in the uh, in the Photos app as well. But that's one of the examples where, by default, I think it shoots the video at both wide and ultra-wide <laughs> so that you can crop it wider and mm-hmm. you can turn on that feature for stills. It's uh, it's pretty wacky. Pretty, they didn't show pretty that. Wacky. That seems like something to demo. But they didn't. The only thing, I guess, the thing that that is the indicator of it is that you do have the. Sometimes you see what's on the wide angle, the ultra wide in the when you're in the camera app. Yeah, on the sides of the viewfinder. But yes, you can actually get, you can actually use that stuff, and it's it's compositing it on the fly so that you can pull in data from outside and crop outside the uh, the photo area. Then I would like to apologize to Bloomberg for that, but one that I will bring them out on, and Ming-Chi Kuo is in this is too, no reverse wireless charging. Yeah. So the idea of being able to charge your AirPods from the back of the phone, not there. This popped up uh, on Twitter yesterday or the day before, mm-hmm. and it sounds like their their feeling is that this was a late removal, that it didn't work to Apple's um, satisfaction. And I wonder... If there will be any teardown investigation to see if that, there's actually hardware that was intended to do that that's yeah. in here, but they weren't happy with it, so they turned it off. Or like a space where that hardware would have been, you know, right. like, you'd be like oh, clearly they're supposed to put a coil here. It sounds like a late, a late removal of that feature. And this makes me bring the question of what is wrong with Apple and wireless charging? Like they can't get it right. Like what it's, is going uh, on? Harder than it seems, or their standards. In this well, case, it may simply be Apple. that their standards are higher. Sorry. Yeah, harder for Apple. Yeah. Other companies do it. And then nine to five Mac, no Apple Watch sleep tracking. This is a big report from them last yeah. week. Nothing. Yeah, that surprises me. That surprises me. And also, there is no tile-like device. So this idea yes. of something you would drop in a bag and would <laughs> be able to chat track. <laughs> however, however, there's probably another. Uh, event coming mm-hmm. down the road and um, so here's here's the thing that we know about these new iPhones and you may seem you may think that's a weird feature why are they even talking about that there's this new U1 chip which did not come up in the keynote right which is ultra wideband which is this new uh, it's like better than Bluetooth LE is basically what it is and it's got very specific location finding within 10 centimeters, which is what, four inches? Mm-hmm. You can find an object directionally, which goes with all those rumors about how Find My will be able to put like a little balloon right where your lost object is. And that's because ultra wideband, among other things like possibly being the future of NFC, of uh, possibly being, you know, how cars, you know, future fob, uh, you know, uh, little key fob uh, car lock things work. Like ultra wideband has a lot of interesting uses. Um, and part of the reason is that it allows you to do this directionality. So like your car doesn't unlock unless you are physically right outside the door because it, it can tell that you are in a particular location within four inches. Um, so this is in the new iPhones. And, and, and what they say is like, oh, it means that you can do airdrop and you can see somebody who's closer to you or who you're pointing your phone at and they become like your default airdrop. And and it's like, this is great because the iPhone 11 can find another iPhone 11 and no, nothing else. And I will tell you, <laughs> the secret is 
uh, ultra wideband is going to be in that tracker whenever they ship it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's in there. That's that's why, at least the first, I think there are lots of uses coming up in the future for ultra wideband. I do think that it's got a, it's a tech with a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. The problem is it's kind of not for anything right now. They're, they're going to use it for airdrop. That's what Apple have announced so far on the, on the product pages. Seems like a waste of time. Yeah. But it's going to be, it's also going to be uh, for... Uh, that tracker, if it ever happens. And I would say it's also presumably going to be for Find My, so that if you've got an iPhone that's lost, um, it will work similarly where you will, you know, people people will see it. I'm sure it'll find its way into AirPods too. Yeah, I I think if this if this ultra wideband stuff really works as well as it, it sounds like it does, I think eventually it'll go anywhere, everywhere, because imagine having that level of precision that any Apple device that's um, within, you know, a few yards if not more you know 50 feet or something like that and you can get precise information about where that object is so i i think the u1 chip is the suggestion that there is probably an apple tracker coming Mm -hmm. but not today yep not to say it won't happen but these were the things that i think everybody decided were happening today and some of them didn't happen so there we go all right let's take our first break and then we're going to talk about the iPhone, because we do things in our own order around here at Upgrade. Um, This episode is brought to you by MailRoute. Email and network vulnerabilities are costly and affect your business productivity. MailRoute is the leader in email security services, protecting your business from expensive spam, viruses, malware, ransomware, and downtime. From a server in your garage to clusters in high-tech data centers to Office 365 and G Suite, MailRoute believes in cloud services. They created one of the first in 1997, and have been innovating their industry ever since. Given their authority in email security and cloud services, MailRoute now provide API-level integration with Microsoft and Google for seamless migration and ongoing account maintenance of Office 365, G Suite, and Google Apps. MailRoute's easy setup and admin tools just work. There's no need for upgrades, maintenance, or costly changes to your email environment. You can auto-sync your user lists, distribution lists, and import all preferences like white and black lists for maximum protection against spam and viruses. You should use the business platforms that work best for you and put MailRoute in front of those platforms to guarantee secure and efficient delivery of reliable email services. Jason, you you use MailRoute yourself, right? Yeah, for several years now in front of uh, my all my domains email. And so it's got a it's got a report telling me what it's filtered out. If there's something that looks good there with one click, you can have it delivered. You can whitelist it so that that person never gets thrown into the uh, into the bad pile ever again. And it means that there's less uh, spam floating in my inbox uh, or even going through my, if I have another spam filter behind that, it doesn't even get there. It's just, it's never there. It stays in the quarantine. And uh, if you're running uh, an on-site mail server, that's especially good because it means that all the mail is first passing through mail route um, and getting scanned. And uh, the bad stuff doesn't even come to your server internally. No matter how much security training your team has, they can't beat the experts, and they are MailRoute. Try them today at MailRoute.net slash upgrade, or email sales at MailRoute.net, and just say you listen to this show. If you go there via that URL or let the sales team know, you will get 10% off the lifetime of your account. That is MailRoute.net slash upgrade. Our thanks to MailRoute for their support of this show and FM. All right, let's talk about the iPhone. We have the tale of two iPhones here, Jason, is the way that I've been thinking about this. And there's kind of two two big questions that I want to ask you, and we're going to talk about them and see if we can try and answer them by the end. These two questions are, is the iPhone 11 truly the phone for most people? 
And is the iPhone 11 Pro really pro enough? <laughs> How much pro could it be, Mike? Any more pro How much than more that? Pro? Uh, so those, these are the two questions that I have to ask, um, and we're going to th- keep those in mind as we go through some stuff here. I think we have to start with a name, though. They did it. Pro Max iPhone 11 Pro and iPhone 11 Pro Max. Get pumped with Pro Max. They really did it, didn't they? They 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 did it. it. And Shilla said it's a device pros can count on to get their work done. I wrote that down myself. I don't know what that means. Um, Yeah, well, I I do. I do. It's... All right. I think the pro name, like, I'm surprised that they spent as much time on it, that Schiller spent as much time on it as he did. Like, he acknowledged on stage that this is the first iPhone that they've had a pro name on. And what does it mean? And what are pros? I think what they showed in their demos is that they, at at least one pro example here is that you can give this to professional photographers um, and you can get this to directors and cinematographers and they can do their work on this device. But here's my question that I have. Mm-hmm. How, like, if you remove the, what the actual lenses give, how far could those same people have gotten with the 10s Max? Well, I think the argument is that the 10s Max is was a pro in everything but name and mm-hmm. the 10 was a pro in everything but name. I think what what's really happening here is that you know, we can we can overanalyze this. Pro is a word Apple uses to say to to mean high end, mm-hmm. and um, what what the the marketing pivot that Schiller is doing on stage there is saying essentially this is a phone so powerful with so many great features that the pros can use it to do these amazing things, and you can have it. That's that's the marketing move that's happening there is it's for people who want to pay to get the very best to feel like, you know, you could shoot a movie on this. I'm not personally going to shoot a movie on this a feature film, but you could because it's the best. And that's really the appeal of pro in a lot of categories is it's code for the best because the mm-hmm. pros, of course, would buy the best. They're going to pay for the best. Uh, we used to have this term that has fallen out of vogue, which is fine, called prosumer. Uh, but the idea of the prosumer is literally it's somebody who's a who's not a pro, but wants to use pro stuff. You, they want because they want the best, and they're willing to pay more than they probably need to because they want the best that's available. And that's what's going on with the pro name. Not only is it just coded in everything Apple does that pro means high end, uh, but it's got this underlying meaning, which is that uh, the pros can use this stuff. It's like the best you can buy, and you're not a pro. But you can still buy it and feel good that you've got that awesome camera too. Even if you never download Filmic Pro and shoot, you know, in from a Steadicam rig, a feature film because you're never going to do that. But you could because it's Pro hardware. And I don't mean I'm not trying to like take shots here, but like I, there is also a part of me that thinks like it is also maybe in a way kind of accepting that the only people that can really easily afford this device, at least to buy it outright, are those that can write it off as a tax expense. I mean, maybe, but it, it's, again, it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Is it a business expense? Is this, that this is how you prioritize your income mm-hmm. is I want to, I want to get the new hot iPhone every year, every other year, whatever it is, like wh- whoever those buyers are who are coming for that. But, you know, what I like about this is that it places 
One of the challenges with the iPhone 10 is that it placed the spotlight on the $1,000 and up phone as the definitive iPhone. And the most work Apple did in this event, by far, was repositioning the uh, cheaper phone yes. as the iPhone. Yes. That's what they're doing. So, so what, they, what they do is it's two things. It's, first off, this is the iPhone 11. This is this thing that they never said is the 10, like the 10R, even though we know that it's basically an updated 10R. No, this is the iPhone 11 and it's $699, which is $50 down from what the 10R cost. They never so, should have called the iPhone 10 the iPhone 10. They never should have called it that. It should have had a different name. And they would have made things way easier for themselves. Should have been the iPhone iPhone Pro even back then, right? They but tried I think they just to couldn't do resist it the X. In giving it they the can't Roman resist numeral. The X. They tried to I think they were trying to differentiate it in some way by giving it that Roman numeral. But then by calling it ten, they should have just called it iPhone X, right? Like and then just I think a lot of this stuff would have been easier for them. I think a lot of the anyway, but this is it's too much tea leaf reading at that point. what you've said there has made me think to, like as I've been thinking I think the 11 and the Pro, they are closer than I would have thought they would be. Yeah, I mean... They, I was maybe expecting for them to... I mean, really, the screen is the is can, remains the biggest difference between the two because a lot of the internals are the same. Yeah, I mean, the materials are a little different, the screen is different, and the third camera, mm-hmm. which which is the telephoto, Who'd not the ultra-wide. Huh? Well, that was a big that surprise. That was a big surprise is there. So, but, but anyway, the, the heavy, in terms of like overall marketing, this is the heavy lifting that they're doing is they want to say, you know, the iPhone is not a thousand dollar phone. The iPhone is a $700 phone. And then it goes up from there and there's a pro model where you're paying for, uh, I wrote it down for our customers who want the most sophisticated tech that really pushes the limits. That's how they're positioning the 11 pro and uh, and then within that, they're they're talking about cameras at the center of all the positioning of it, which I think is also interesting. But this is their this is their thing. This is their message that they want out there: is these colorful, two camera, powerful, six ninety nine phones are the iPhone. And then there's also the high end phone. Apple's website will tell you it's three hundred ninety nine dollars of a trade in. That's what it says well, right now. <laughs> yes, and in the retail yeah. segment, there was a little bit of that, like watch the prices go down as you trade in a phone kind of uh, animation stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I, you know this is what they're trying to do is redefine what we thought of as the 10R as the mainstream iPhone, which I think is a good move because like people are gonna love that thousand dollar phone and want to buy it, but. I think Apple is better served by rewarding them by saying, yes, it is pro. It is mm-hmm. very important. You, it's worth that $1,000. And by saying, oh, if you don't want a $1,000 phone, that's fine. The real iPhone is 699 it. Yeah, you don't need it because this one's yeah. brilliant. Because like a lot of the internals are the same. We'll get to that in a minute. I want to talk yeah. about how these things look and how they feel because you have both touched and seen them. Uh, we are in Camera Bump City because... Mm-hmm. Not only is the bump bigger on both phones, there's multiple levels of bump now. Even Camera Bump City has skyscrapers, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here we go. Camera Camera Bump City is just off the highway from Dongletown. Yeah, it is. It's uh it, it, so yes, it is two levels. If you if you run your finger over that camera bump, which don't do it because you've just smudged the lens of, of your camera. Yeah. But um they are they are slightly 
up from the glass of the bump. They they rise a little bit because I think there's like a lens that is in there that is not part of the um, the glass, and and that's why it's like that. In the end, you know, does it does it matter? I think that what they're trying to do is just sort of say, "Yep, that's a bump." But yes, there there's texture on the on the bump now, and the bump is the big square, and it's they've decided. I think this is an interesting example of problem solving on the part of Apple's industrial designers, which is, you know, big sigh, like, ah, you want to do what? Three cameras and a flash and a sensor on the back? Really? Okay, how do we do? And then they're like, all right, how do we do this? And they said, you know what? We do it by calling it out. We're not going to scatter a bunch of little bumps around the back. We're going to put a big square in the corner and it's going to be part of the identity of these phones. And that's what they've uh, that's what they've done. And you can like it or not like it. But I think the truth is that when you've got all these kinds of cameras on the back of these phones, uh, the bumps are going to happen. And this is how they chose to do it. It's an interesting. But interestingly, the, the big square that the, the first level of bump is just glass, right? Like it's just a raised yeah. piece of glass. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not like a a different piece or anything like that. It's it's just like a an extra piece of glass that they've. It, it's not, up. and it's not even an extra piece. It is the continuing yeah. of yeah. the of the glass. The even glass is obviously glass, coming man, off with the with the bump there. Yeah. So um, the pro phones is my understanding they have mm-hmm. a different feel to the regular phone, right? Because they PVD coated the glass. Um, I want to know what they feel like. How, what is the difference in this texture? So they're they're matte, and they have a matte feel on the back because it's this it's this coated mm-hmm. glass. So it, it, they're they they have a texture. It's a you know I don't even know how to describe it. It is you could you could say it's kind of kind of paper like or slightly tacky. I, I'm not sure I, tacky is the word I would use, but it is it is a rough texture, and the colors are. Uh, are, it's it's a matte finish. Um, the sides are still the same. I would say the same as the 10s. The, they're the uh, stainless steel side. So if you're one thinking like, oh well, maybe this phone will be more uh, able to be held in the hand without it feeling slippery. I don't think so because mm. the stainless ring around it is the same mm. essentially as the okay. 10s. It's it's really just the back that has got this other. Other thing, and I think what you'll see with both of these models is part of what Apple's doing is learning the lesson. We talked about it last week. We've talked about it a bunch. Learning the lesson, honestly, oddly, <laughs> of Apple Watch bands, which is how do you refresh a product that doesn't actually refresh that often? And the answer is change the colors. Why not? And so Apple is is very much saying we're going to change the colors and the look. Even though the the base model is not that different from the 10s, except for that camera, it's it looks totally different. Like because you've got the matte back and you've got a different color option, mm-hmm. and on the 11 you've got a completely different look with different colors, and that is one way you get people to reconsider if they didn't buy or think about getting a new phone like just like people buying Apple Watch bands it's more expensive than Apple Watch bands and you probably don't, won't do it as often but it's the same idea it's like oh I sat up I didn't like the 10R colors and then you see the 11 colors and you're like oh you know maybe you like those colors and then you come back in or you want to you want to change it up i think that's all kind of part of the uh, buying psychology that Apple's preying on here so let's talk about the colors the 11 comes in white and black green and yellow purple and product red uh, product red, white, and black, they're probably much and much the same, I would expect, yeah. as the 10R. Mm-hmm. But the green and the yellow, they seem to be different shades. 
Um, and purple yes. is new. Yeah, and I would say that they seem... It wasn't green. Was I don't there think there was green or, before. Because blue and orange we had before, and they've been replaced. And and they've been replaced. I would say that um, I only... I have an orange 10R here. Um, Coral, best color. Coral, yeah. Fight the, we, we both agree on that one. The... the um, these colors are more, again, color is not my best thing, but I would say more more pastel kind of colors. They're they're lighter colors. They're not the super glary bright colors of the 10R. And again, I think that was a choice. I think they wanted to provide a little variety because they went really aggressive with the colors last time. Yeah, but I think it's a shame. But I don't, the colors of these phones don't excite me in the same way that the 10R's colors did yeah. because I felt like uh, they were making stronger statements. And the red the red is is a is a bright red because it's a product red, but but yeah, the purple and the green and the yellow are a uh, more of a, you know, easter egg color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> than, yes, these are the easter phones. <laughs> yeah, then the uh like the 10R that coral 10R which is just you know, orange, yeah. very orange in a way that these are not so again i think they're just they're just switching it up in fact so so jamie my daughter is going off to college in a week after the new iphones come out is her move-in day and we got to get her a new iphone and i i anticipated getting her an 11 and what i told her was look at the 11 colors and make a decision and then and then after the slide came up that said we're also going to keep selling the 10r I texted her again and I said, they're also going to keep selling the 10R. So if you like those colors better, we can get you a 10R instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see what she says. But I think that's interesting and actually provides, uh, I do think some people might choose a 10R over an 11 specifically yeah. because they like the color better. The 10R and the 8 are staying around in the lineup. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Midnight green. Midnight green. Now... I feel like this is one of those things where a lot of people are going to disagree with me. But what, what, why? Of every color available to you, Apple, did you choose this specific color? I don't get it. I I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong. Can you tell me if I'm wrong? Uh, mm, I don't yeah, like this. Uh, I don't like the color very much. And I don't, I cannot get my head around why of every color, this is the color that the Apple have chosen to, to add. I don't know. I think they wanted dark colors. A nice and you've seen navy this in... blue. Navy blue. Yeah, I know. I, I think I I agree. My, uh, I mean, you're talking to a guy whose iPhone 10s is in a midnight blue uh, leather case, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I really like that dark blue. They must somebody won a an argument here, and they decided they weren't going to do more than four. <laughs> It's like we have ten iPhone colors, people. Ten iPhone colors. Um, the the they, somebody said this is this is something that we can consider pro, uh, and we can go with it, and that that it's still super subtle because clearly what they don't want is for the iPhone Pro models to be um, not to garish. Colors. I get that, I understand that, but I just think that they chose a just to me like a weirder option uh, i will be sticking with good old gold my good friend gold, good they gold. Said it's a new gold color i don't know what that will mean but i really like the gold iphone and clear cases which i'm so excited about yeah that came up on i think atp uh somebody made just as an aside was like why don't it they just on... they, they make these beautiful phones they should offer clear cases for all of them it, let me tell you jason it was actually uh it was on connected because i said it oh was it you yeah like oh, on, I thought on, it was on last week's episode. Well, maybe they said it on ATP too. I think an ATP, ATP, the, the episode you can't listen to because it's already been spoiled mm. by actual events. Well, but... I hadn't heard that episode at that point, and I also said it. 
both of you did and i think that that was good and literally that was what was said on stage it's like you can get clear cases for all of them it's like yeah good job apple yes yeah, about time yes because people want to see your phones mm-hmm. yeah i've actually They're been pretty. asking for this for a while like when the t- i remember when there was the 10r rumor um and they were talking about clear cases it's like why can't i get a clear case for my regular iphone because i have this beautiful yeah. gold iphone and i never get to see yeah. it never so, get to see it me too never get to see it so i'm happy about that yeah um Let's talk about the cameras because that is the the big thing. That that's the story. That's always is, and and in some revisions, it's more than others, and this is one of the more than others because it is an S effectively year, which is a strange thing to think about, but that's kind of where we are. Um, it's another S year. Uh, the it is a, it was a, we mentioned it already. Big surprise that they went all in on ultra wide and didn't put mm-hmm. telephoto on the eleven. I was. I honestly hadn't even considered that they would put anything other than a telephoto lens on this. Yeah. Which must mean that Apple are very confident and comfortable with the performance of software portrait photos at this point. I wonder, wonder too, so, well, I don't know, because you do have two lenses, which means you do have parallax. So I think, in fact, no, they said, didn't they? They they said that you can now do... Uh, portrait mode for other stuff on the 11 and it's because they still have the parallax hmm. even though you're taking it with the one camera you can use okay. the other camera's data for d- true depth perception parallax right, which means that instead of that. using machine learning f- to find a face and say oh this is a person and I'm going to blur the background they can actually use depth so you can take pictures right. of pets and objects and stuff like that so they get and that's interesting right so they they get the portrait mode feature without needing to do what they do on all these other what they've done up to now which is use the zoomed camera as your parallax instead they're like no i can actually just use um i can use the wide and and um but what i said last week you know when um, among other things when i said like you know you will never go wrong betting on more photo features on new iphones because they're important but what i said was the thing that makes me sad when i use the 10r is that i can't zoom in and I was thinking about that because you still can't on the 11. Like, zoom in, no, it's not there. Instead, they want to go wide. And I wonder if there's some thought process there about how these, they know how their phones are used. And they may have realized that people, either they made a guess or they have data to suggest that what people really want to do is back off of photos and take wider shots, not zoom in. And that if you had to pick one, you pick the wide angle and that gives you a bunch of extra stuff because they've got a bunch of features that use that ultra wide camera, which uh, Phil Schiller called super wide at one point, which made me laugh because it's like master of marketing and he got the phrase wrong one time, but ultra wide camera lens, you get to do things like, you know, uh, the zooms in, uh, especially in the three camera system, but even in the two camera system, when you're doing video and you switch between those lenses, it, it has a whole like, zoom back effect and it's all like there's no like jerky switching to the other camera it's like you just zoomed out which is well, wild also do the smooth effect when going in like going using the telephoto on the pro i think so i think that i think that's all okay. yes yes i did say that, that. would be nice because i've I, that's always been a frustration when trying yeah. to use those and it had like that zoom wheel in the camera app which mm-hmm. cool Yep, it, it's all uh, they're using software there to sort of smooth out all of those uh, all of those zoom movements. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all, 
you know, that's all good. And then there are also some features with that ultra wide, like on stills. And I think this is turned off by default, but you know, you can do that thing that I said earlier uh, at the top of the show that was not wrong by Bloomberg, which is you can use the ultra wide data to expand your crop area on a regular uh, photo using the wide camera. And that also is just kind of a magic feature that's hidden in the background. We are finally getting an upgrade to the selfie camera. It is going from a 7 megapixel uh, lens to 12 megapixels and brings with it 4K video and slow-mo. So you can do slow-mo selfies. Apple is going to do their best here to try and create something called... Don't even say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. I'm going to do it. I will be the person to take that bullet for all of us. Slow fees. That's what they want. They're going to create... They're going to put a lot of money and time into this because they're going to try and make it a thing. Uh, fine. I think it, the ad that they made was very funny. Uh, I enjoyed that a lot. So that's the thing that they're doing. But I am actually just genuinely really happy to finally get a upgrade to the front-facing camera. I use the front-facing camera a lot. Mm-hmm. And over time, I've become frustrated by it. And also, it's a wide angle too, right? So you can you can zoom out. Yeah, that's, that's the big thing is that um, by default, if you're holding it in vertical, it's cropped basically on the sides Uh, but if you turn it to horizontal then it expands and you and now you're using kind of wide mode can i change it myself if i want to yeah there's also a zoom button on it so if you're holding in portrait and you just tap the zoom button it zooms back out it's just it's zoomed into sort of classic uh width of selfie by default but you can just tap and now you're shooting a wide selfie night mode yeah they did it they had to do it, what, two years since Google did it? Mm-hmm. I have nothing to say about this yet other than the images they showed look good. The proof is in the pudding on this one, and I will absolutely not give Apple a buy on their ability to just make this work. Like, I want to wait and see, right? Is that fair? Like, I just feel like this is a yeah. difficult thing to do, and I want to see the, I want to see the results myself. They seem to have put a lot of effort into it. Like they did, they said, we're, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. Mm-hmm. When you're in a dark environment, you actually get like um, an icon comes up. It actually will show you how long your exposure is going to be, which is really interesting. So like you're, you're in a dark environment and it says three seconds. And so you know that's like hold the camera for three seconds and it's going to do a three second exposure so it's giving you feedback right away i was told that this goes beyond that which is really cool like if you put this on a tripod like you're shooting a nature shot it knows you're on a tripod because you're not jiggling with your hands and it will let you roll that shot out for long amounts of time to gather lots of light which is pretty cool so this is also a i don't know if you ever did that but i i would sometimes uh, take shot night shots where you put a camera on a tripod and you crank it up to 30 seconds or a minute to open the shutter and you you trigger the shutter and you walk away and it just opens and sits there drinking in the, the light in the, in, in the oh. night. Um, oh. This can do that. Oh, this feature wow. can do that. Okay. And it knows because of its um, motion sensors. That it's in a stable environment. It knows it's stable. And if it's not stable, <gasps> it doesn't offer that feature because you're a human and you're shaky. And right. you, if you can hold it together for three seconds. And then obviously it's it's bracketing with a whole bunch of different photos that it's taking uh, before and after. And it's doing a bunch of uh, uh, for, for this night mode to... Uh, 
uh, presumably knit that all together and using machine learning and all those things that Google talks about. I assume all of that is happening in this night mode too. But it's uh, Apple, it feels very much like somebody in the photo team at Apple is like, all right, if we're going to do long exposures in the darkness, we're going to do this right. So there's a lot of, of depth okay. going on here, which I think is interesting. Like I have a lot of hope now in what you're telling me, but like I still know that there is, especially for the quick shots, like there's a lot of machine learning that has to go on and for sure to get that right and to get sure. it to the Their level samples that other look companies great. are doing. Yeah, but, but then you do it do. yourself and you and you say, "Oh no, this is terrible!" Right? Like the face, this, you can see the room, but the person is all smudged in the yep. face or whatever. And you know they they are trying very hard. But I actually really liked that when they were showing off the pro sample images, which were all credited by name and all that stuff, which I thought was an interesting uh-huh. thing. After all that brouhaha when they had the shot on iPhone campaign, uh, now they're crediting people by name. Also reinforces the pro thing, right? Like these are yeah. re- these are the pros we have the pro shoot because it had all like the iso and all that in the corner yeah. it's like okay right, yeah, we stop. Get it. yes mm-hmm. we get it we yep. get it um but uh what i liked is that that phil kind of said like and this is what you can get if you put it in the hands of a professional and i actually kind of liked that because yeah. it was like look you can it is possible to do this but you're not going to get this <laughs> right like it needs you can get close to it you have a better chance than ever at getting an image that looks like this but it takes someone knows what they're doing to really get it get out of it we can yeah right cinematic stabilization so better stabilization in video um mm-hmm. i'm i'm all of this sounds amazing for me personally i w- i am willing to upgrade my phone to get this camera stuff because it is a lot of really interesting stuff the ultra wide lens is something i've wanted for a while night mode is something i wanted for a while a better uh selfie camera like so for me like i will be happy with this phone upgrade for all of this but what i'm wondering is can apple take back the crown as the camera phone or are they just going to get to parity now that's the question and it takes and we'll testing. have to see yeah, yeah, we'll have that, to see because it really is literally going to be what is the what do these look like when they're put in uh, side by side? Mm-hmm. All the reviewers will be doing that, right? They'll be taking yep. the uh, other great smartphone cameras and comparing them. Because again, it's like one of those things where I will pay attention to the people that I know that review these things that are in the Apple world, and they'll say like, "This is the best iPhone camera ever," and I'll be like, "I'll be like, for me personally, brilliant. I'm happy with that." But then I'll pay attention to the people that are in the Android world as well. And see, like, okay, so this is the best iPhone, but how does it stack up against XYZ? Especially right. considering there's a Pixel on the horizon, and they're putting multiple lenses in it. Mm-hmm. So, right, so, like, I'm, I'm intrigued. What can Google do? So we'll see. Yeah, and the, and the question is, is there anybody out there who realistically is going to buy a smartphone based entirely on camera quality? I would say no. But if there's somebody out there who... <laughs> It's not the only thing. I, I guess what I'm saying is Apple doesn't really have to have the best night mode and the best photos, but it needs to have among the best. Because it if it's be seen it's seen if it's seen as a laggard, as you know, well you can get an iPhone but your photos aren't going to be as good. That's bad. So I, I feel like they are setting themselves up to not be seen as that. And then the question is gonna be, are they gonna go in the lead? And then, you know, are they going to be caught? But are they going to be in the conversation? I think that's all they really need to do. I'm sure they would like to win. But I think all they really need to do is be in the conversation. And with some of the photo stuff that's rolled out over the last year, year and a half, they have been kind of put to shame. And so this is this is mm-hmm. major in them um, 
probably for the last year and a half, uh, making a real, if not longer, making a real effort to um, invest in this stuff so that they could be back in that conversation as among the best cameras. And there was this whole thing, right? This deep fusion thing. We'll get that's like something else that's coming. I don't. I didn't really understand what they were showing me, um, but Fushilla seemed excited. Yes, he, he did. He, he told me I couldn't take that picture before. I mean, I don't know what that was. <laughs> I don't know what I was <laughs> seeing. Uh, I think that I. You know what I'm going to wait for? I'm going to wait for Matthew Panzerino to tell me because I'm sure he will be the person to get this story. Sure. Uh, I, I will wait for, for Panzer to tell me why this is good, uh, and mm-hmm. then we'll find out later on. Face ID is 30% faster and usable at more angles. Two thumbs up. Great to hear that. Um, I haven't been able to find out yet, Jason, if you can use it in multiple orientations. Yeah, I don't know. My guess is not, because you can't really, you don't really unlock the phone in multiple orientations, so my guess is not, but I don't know. More battery all around. One hour extra for the 11, which already had the best battery of any iPhone. Yeah. Four hours for the Pro, five hours for the Pro Max. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this is um, this is the single largest increase in battery life in the history of the iPhone. Really? I mean, four. I, the iPhone was always like... A, you know, the, the amount of time, now you're making me question myself, but not like to go up four hours, like Apple's never been like, yeah, this one's four hours more battery than the last one of the wow. of its kind. It's like, no, no, that's never, because usually the, the life of these things was measured in four hours or eight hours or 10 hours or something like that's that. True. So, true. so to take this four or five hour <laughs> jump in the same shape and size, um, and what that says to me is processor right what that says to me right. is the even though they they had their usual uh 20% faster performance cores 20% faster efficiency cores 20% faster gpu in the a13 bionic um what it says to me is that efficiency low power design and they talked about it briefly in a uh, i thought was characterized very good on twitter by um Matthew Panzerino, he did he did a good job, uh, characterized it very well. Which is nobody cares about eight point five billion transistors. That's just Apple dunking on their competition in mm-hmm. chip design. And they wanted to say seven nanometer. They wanted to say it so they could say yeah, it because no yeah. one else has said it. So they wanted so they to could say it. it. And and consumers don't care, but the people who watch chip design, that was Apple dunking on them because the truth is, and they put it up there. I've written about it a bunch, and some of my Tom's Guide pieces about it, like. The whole wave of Android phones that comes out after the iPhone, none of them measure up to the current iPhone's processor. In fact, we the last two years, it's been very clear, like, by the time the new iPhone is about to come out, there's still no Android phone that's faster than the iPhone from last year. And then they do a new iPhone, and it puts the bar even higher. And Apple did the slides this year, but it's it's absolutely been true the last couple of years that Apple is so far ahead on the power of their chips. And here, what we're seeing is not only did they keep raising the bar in terms of speed, but they seem to have focused a lot on doing the low power design stuff. And so you may not care about the 8.5 billion transistors and tailoring them on their seven nanometer processes, et cetera, et cetera. I think what you really care about is the Pro, the iPhone 11 Pro is four hours more battery life than the 10s, And that the Pro Max has five hours more battery life than the 10s max 
that is what you care about. And that's that's big. And even that the 11, which was already, you know, the 10R, like you said, and they, they said it on stage, the most battery life in an iPhone ever. <laughs> and this one is an hour again more. I was, as someone who's recently started using the battery case more and more, I was concerned because they never had the battery cases available immediately. I'm not concerned anymore. <laughs> Five hours will probably do me. Um, so I asked you the question about is like what makes it a pro. So the camera system, right, the three in total, there being a new UI in the camera app for the pros and one of those things. But they've also called the screen now the Super Retina XDR. So they're borrowing from the pro display, right? Um, yeah, and that's an one interesting of the, choice. One of the reasons that Apple's saying this is because of the fact that they have um, the kind of like adaptive brightness-like stuff. So the screen will go up to 800 nits for uh, in harsh light, so in like the sunlight, and 1200 for HDR content, so they can boost it when needed. I don't know how nits compares to my usage of the phone, honestly, but... That sounds interesting. I think that they might be pushing it a little bit to call it the XDR, but they're doing that. Um, and it has a 458 PPI, uh, which is the highest in any Apple product. So there's some other things that make it pro, I guess. Hmm. Uh, the 11 starts at 699, the Pro at 999, and the Pro Max at 1099. And pre-orders start on Friday at a new time, which is 5 a.m. Pacific. So... I want to go back to my initial questions for you. I'll ask you the second okay. one first. In your mind, is the iPhone 11 Pro Pro enough? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I would I would turn that around and say um, that's the wrong question. And what really the question is, is um, is it positioning it properly as a high-end model and making the 11 the standard model? And in that, I say, uh, yes, that's what mm -hmm. that's what they set out to do, and they, they added some features on the Pro models, including the OLED screen with the Pro Display XDR or OLED, whatever it, you know. Like, there's stuff there to explain why it's at the cutting edge and why it costs more, and and the third camera, and that's you know that they differentiate. They continue to be differentiated in a way that makes you feel like this is the Pro model, but they also kind of got it clear of the idea that that's the real iPhone and that they're saying, no, this one down here is the real iPhone. I think you've answered both of my questions, really. And I am in agreement with you, right? I think that the 11, the 11 really does feel like much more of the position of this is the phone that most people should buy than the 10R was because it was still a little bit like there was a bit of a question around that still, I think. It's like, all yeah. right, yeah, but they released it at a different time and all that kind of stuff. I, w I want to follow up with uh, really quickly with something that happened in the chat room that, mm -hmm. it, that it makes a good point that was not something I did not have my calipers with me at Apple Park, so I wasn't able to measure the phones. But the iPhone 11 Pro is thicker by oh. four tenths of a millimeter which means there's probably more battery in there too and that's another reason that they were able to go up four or five hours on battery is that they are actually a little bit thicker do you know I why believe. it's thicker at all do you have any sense of why uh, that is mm -mm. Hmm. interesting interesting i mean obviously they wouldn't say that on the stage unless the, uh, i mean i assume that's not measuring the the bump Housing, you would assume but, that they're not measuring the bump. But yes. who knows? Who knows? Yeah, the but, iPhone XS Max was 0.3 inches thick, and the uh, Pro Max is 0.32 inches thick. Yeah. 
Yep, just a little bit, but you know, on the surface area, that can matter a lot, and that explains why the 10R, sorry, the 11 doesn't have as much of a uh, a boost over the 10R, even though it also got that power saving processor, is because it didn't. Less I don't space. believe it got thicker. Yeah. Mm. So we ended the iPhone with the retail update. Uh, which seems strange initially. It's like, why is this happening now? Uh-huh. It's like, oh, because yeah, uh-huh. they can show you how cheap the phone can be if you trade in. I see. I had De- I, I had Deirdre O'Brien on my uh, on on stage on our draft list, and we didn't pick it. And then there it was, and I was kind of kicking myself. I was like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. she did make it on stage, um, and that was. Uh, and you know, they staff these events with Apple retail people, and that's that was a funny thing. I saw her going through the hands-on area afterward. And she's stopping by every single one of those people in the bright colored shirts who are there from her group from retail and thanking them and saying hi and remembering some of them from her visiting their stores and stuff, which I thought was actually pretty cool to see afterward. But um, I think the real, yeah, yeah, the real reasons the retail update had to come at the end is one, they used it to show off those trade-in prices. And two, they um, did a thing with the Apple Watch that's a little different. And so they, they had to wait for the products to be announced before they could talk about how they would be done in stores. All right, today's episode is also brought to you in part by Moo, the online printer design company that specializes in customizable business cards, postcards, stickers, and more for your business. If you're new to Moo, you can order a free sample pack from their website, which is moo.com, so you can see what their products look like and hold them in your hand. Moo offer a full suite of products that as well as business cards, so you have postcards, you can make invitations with them, maybe company letterhead, stickers, flyers, so you're able to seamlessly promote yourself and your brand with high quality products. They have special finishes that you can add to their products like gold foil, silver foil, which is new, raised spot gloss, letterpress. These are the little touches that are going to make your product stand out. I have been using Moo for years for my business cards because they do these wonderful finishes. The cards that I really love is you can kind of have two cards with like a color in the middle it's like two like is you can have maybe you want print on one side print on the other you have a color in the middle nice thick card which has a splash of color i really love those if you don't fancy designing your own business card moo have recently rolled out new templates so they're inspired by their most creative customers and can help you give your next business card that real kind of d- design flair that you're looking for i'm also a big pen and paper guy and they have beautiful wonderful notebooks uh, they have luxurious hardcover notebooks of Swiss binding. This means that every page lays flat. They're made of premium paper that is protected by a tough tactile cover, um, and I use one of those quite frequently. I'm a big, big fan. So go to moo.com right now, and if you use the code printmoo, P-R-I-N-T-M-O-O, or one word, printmoo, you will get 15% off of orders of $50 or more. That's moo.com and the code printmoo for 15% off any order of $50 or more. Our thanks to Moo for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, let's talk about services before we get oh onto the Apple Watch, Apple Arcade, and Apple TV Plus. So uh, I think we can move through these pretty quickly, actually. Um, so Apple Arcade, they brought out three large publishers uh, to talk about games that they're working on, Capcom, Konami, and Annapurna Interactive. Uh, they had some interesting demos. They had a big slide at the end with loads of companies that I know uh, in the video gaming industry, so it was really exciting to see that. 100 games are coming to the service at first. Um, I don't know if it's 100 like immediately, but like there will be 100. Uh, and this is, quote, the largest launch catalog of any game service, which was, uh, this was presented uh, by Anne Maitai, who she was at 
WWDC she presented um, for Apple Arcade as well. Uh, she's a good person to follow on Twitter because she retweets a lot of the games a lot. So good person to follow. Um, it is coming to the iPhone on the 19th, the iPad on the 30th, and October for the Mac. The reason is because that's when iOS 13 is hitting each of those products. Well, that's when the next software updates are hitting each of those products. Huh. So the iPhone's the 19th, iPad OS is the 30th of September, and then the Mac is in October. Uh, mm-hmm. It is $4.99 a month with a one-month free trial. I will stand by what I said before, um, that the pricing of Apple Arcade feels like the best value for money on any Apple service. Yes. LOL, Apple News. Apple Arcade, to me, is the best new service mm-hmm. that Apple is introducing with the best chance of success because it is going to a position where they're strong and it makes them stronger. Mm-hmm. And in terms of a value for, for people, I think $5 a month is a pretty good value for 100 games. And we'll see how ma- how many are good and we'll see how many they roll on. I had somebody on Twitter say, well, I can I can get uh, I can get a, a Humble Bundle for $10 and play a couple of good games. It's like, mm. good games? Really? Good games? And, but, I mean, the truth is, are the games going to be good? We'll see. I think they got to have variety because different people will have different opinions about what the good games are. But $5 a month to get a whole bunch of exclusive games that do not nickel and dime you for gems or coins or anything like that. I think, like, sign me up. Sign me up because uh, that that is, yes, I want that. That is, this is the solution to the problem of all the crappy games that are in the App Store, which is if somebody had come to you and said, if I gave you $5 a month, if I took $5 a month from you, but in exchange... I made it that games in the app store were no longer crappy. Well, yes. Yes, let's do that. How does that work? And the answer is, it's Apple Arcade. So I'm looking forward to trying it. I hope the games are good, because that is how it will live or die. But I'm very positive about it. Um, and uh, and the demos, although game demos make me want to go to sleep, um, they were they were good as demos go. Uh, Apple TV Plus, we got to see the first trailer of C. What did you think of the C trailer? I think what I said on Twitter, which is just what was passing through my mind at the time, was, boy, this is a high concept show, like the highest of high concepts, right? Mm -hmm. The high concept is, you know, super easy, big picture idea. And it's in the future after an apocalypse, no human being can, can see. But then two children are born who can see. And thus begins a battle, a conflict between various warring factions over the possession of these children with this amazing power of sight. And I thought, and there's then things blow up and Jason Momoa is there. And, you know, it looked like a million bucks, which is good because it cost no, way more than a million like a bucks. Billion it looked like, <laughs> it, yeah, it looked like 12 million an episode. <laughs> um, and... My t- inner TV critic slash watcher person said, mm, this premise is so far out. And the way it's described, it's like, is this show really going to be all but two actors acting blind all the time? Because that could get really weird really fast. And I think Tim Cook was like, we've consulted with... uh blind people about this and you know it's it's not going to be offensive it's like okay great it's still we'll we'll see i think it's a i think it's a uh it's a it's a high concept it's an interesting choice 
Um, my odds of them pulling it off, I would say, are not 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 increased by seeing the trailer. It actually makes me a little more skeptical. The money is clearly there on screen, but the premise itself is so kind of uh, wacky, even more wacky than I thought. That um, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm skeptical. I guess I would say. I think I'm a little bit more positive than you. I thought it looked really cool. Um, I'm excited about it. It looks cool. I just I'm not sure that the story possibilities are going to be as solid. Yeah, we'll but yeah, that. like I said, the money is on the screen. It looks amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if what they're going for is we want to make something that looks a little bit like Game of Thrones, I guess they did that, right? Like visually, right? It's like big yeah. and bold, and there's lots it of is. people running at each other. Yep. Yeah. Um, Apple TV Plus unveils on November 1st. Uh, I found out some details. Um, there will be more shows added every month after the initial slate, which is the shows that they put on on screen. Yep. Uh, most shows will be launching with the first three episodes, and then there will be one episode a week after that. Some will launch with the entire season, but the way that they're going to do most of their stuff is with three episodes and then one episode mm. a week. So you can do a little a little binge to mm-hmm. see if you like it, and then and then you can uh, keep coming back for more. Yeah, and I like that they said um, available in over a hundred countries. So however they roll it out, and you know we've seen various reports about how they would roll that out. the The goal is that unlike Disney, which is going to do a slower rollout, um, that Apple they want this available. So over a hundred countries, and uh, that's uh, that's good. Uh, November first, you know, I'm a little disappointed. I was hoping that they would be. This was the great debate of uh, by November <laughs> and um, Mark Gurman, I think, saying November. And the answer is, yeah, pretty much those two things agreed on the one date. The Venn diagram there is uh, November 1st. Like, that's when it is. So I was hoping for sooner than that. But uh, we'll get a November 1st. Fair enough. That's not none of this is the most interesting thing to be announced about Apple TV Plus today. Fall 99 a month. And... Yeah, I mean, Disney, Disney kind of made that necessary um and so they did it and and good i think they had to do that i think the moment in the keynote that i'm I'm sitting there watching is that they said 4.99 a month and it says below family subscription i thought what does that mean what other kind of subscription could there be which leads us to the wacky thing that i did not expect partially because we go back and forth about this. What if Apple gave certain things away with purchases of hardware because it's a way to roll your services revenue into hardware sales and it blah, blah, blah. Um, and they did it. They finally did it for this product of all the products. So if you buy a, a device, any Apple device, a phone, an iPad, a Mac, a Mac. or, Apple, or TV. An Apple TV, you get a year of Apple TV Plus for free. This has answered the question that I've been posing right for months is there's no way they could just charge for this no they get around it because yep so many of their customers will not pay for it for a year now i will get i will guess that that will be on the apple id that's associated with the purchase yeah that it'll get comp to that which is why there's this family thing it's probably for a single user a single stream so it's probably got a lot of limits that are going to make people who've got a bunch of different watchers in their household choose to pay for four ninety nine for it because 
then you get the family plan, which is multiple streams, et cetera, et cetera. But it does fulfill that need um, for all devices, which I get why it's all devices. I think that's I think that's good. Um, I had been thinking for a while that one of the possibilities was that Apple TV would come bundled with it, that you'd get it with an Apple TV purchase. And mm-hmm. that totally did happen. But it turns out you can just buy anything and you'll get it. I, I did have that moment where I thought, what if they make it like you get it for this device? <laughs> so it's like, hey, you bought a new iPhone. You can watch our TV shows on that iPhone if you want it on any other device. But they won't do that. They'll tie mm-hmm. it to the Apple ID. So from Apple's uh, website, one subscription per family sharing group offer is valid for three months after eligible device activation from the 1st of November. Plan automatically renews until canceled. Uh-huh. Okay. So there we go. So that so the free plan is for the family group too? One subscription per family sharing group. That's I don't know what that means, but huh. that's what it says. Okay. Interesting. Well, I guess we'll find out more details about it. It yeah. probably means that you can't, you know, keep buying <laughs> devices and get uh, more years of it, that it's really just the one. And then it auto-renews. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see if they turn that off, if that's really just for this year's models, and that next year that's no longer an offer and they want you to pay. Or maybe it's maybe it's a single time, right? Maybe it's a single thing for an Apple ID, so you can get it this year, but then you don't get it next year because you already got their one-year bonus. Who knows? Yeah. I think this is one time this year only. That's how I reckon it's going to work. We'll see. Let's talk about the Apple Watch because this was a shocker. We were thinking small revision, small revision, always on retina display. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yes, this this is the thing that was beaten out of us. It was mm-hmm. like, well, we could keep on talking about the always on display, but it's never going to happen. So we're not going to even pick it. We're going to stop looking foolish by picking an always on display feature that's never going to happen. And here it is. So tell me, how does it look? How does it work? Uh... You know, well, you saw it in the in the screen. I don't have anything more beyond what you saw. They, they had the watches around, but they're all they're, they look like watches. It it the way it works is that this new it's almost <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but it's basically a promotion display on the Apple Watch in the sense that it has a variable frame rate. And what they do when it's not active. So if you if you think about when the Apple Watch currently lights up and then goes dark. Mm-hmm. lights up mode is the same as it was goes dark is now this other mode and what they do is they crank down the brightness of the display which since it's oled saves a lot of power and it's got a, a light sensor so it will crank it down even more when it's dark if you're outside they won't crank it down quite as much because you are supposed to be able to see it that's the point of the always on display and they crank down the frame rate, the refresh rate on the on the display to as low, they said, as one hertz. So one update a second. Um, I I'd imagine I don't I don't know this one, um, whether the second hands are gone in this mode or whether the second hands move like tick <laughs> by the second instead of smoothly animate. But um, it does mean that at one refresh a second, they can still update your complications and things so like that. The Apple website shows some demos of it working, right? And one of the, the uh, what is infograph modular that's got the watch face on it? Yep. When it's in the dimmed version, there is no second hand on that watch face. Yeah. 
So and that's a, that's a reasonable way to do it. And I always thought when we were complaining about this feature over the last three years, Mike, uh, that was one of the things that I would always sacrifice is like, just make the second hand disappear. You don't need I it. don't need the second hand. I just want it to display. And, you know, what they didn't do is implement this as a, um, you know, really crappy um, non-animated thing. And then when you turn it, it blinks to life with this much more uh you know with a different watch face that's not what it is it's the same it's your watch face but it's uh, tweaked somehow it's it can drop some stuff out like a, something that's live and animating like a second hand sweeping across um but you know i went so here here's a funny thing this is the one where i speculated i don't know if they're even going to do a series 5 i mean they'll probably will cuz why not but what are they going to do like and it, again part of that is is both of us saying well, I mean, they're not going to give us anything big, like always on watch face. So what are they going to do? And the answer is that's exactly what they did. It took the Apple Watch for me from being like a footnote of this event to being legitimately, I think, the biggest upgrade of any product in this event and makes me as a Series 4 user go, oh, I really, really want the always on watch face. I really do. This is This is like the cellular connectivity this is one of those things that from moment one of the Apple Watch being announced five years ago, we had on the list of, well, eventually it has to do this. And I didn't expect them to check it off this year uh, after the last two years, them not checking it off, but they finally, they finally did it. And it turns out what they felt they needed to do in order to do this was design a screen that could be cranked down to one frame per second and you know do all this other stuff to maximize that battery life so that they could they could keep it running but i think it's huge i I think i think having they they elaborated on it very well i thought i I don't know what you think about this i know your your relationship with the apple watch is kind of complicated but i thought that little bit where they explained all the reasons you might actually want an always on watch face that up till now for the last five years we haven't needed but now we Mm -hmm. totally need it right because it's apple that's what they do but i thought that was very good in them because i've thought about this too how do you describe like why you would want an always on watch face and they said you know you're in a meeting and you don't want to make a big thing about shaking your wrist or you're working out and you can't you know rotate around all of these reasons why you don't want to be shaking your 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 apple watch in order to wake it up and they're absolutely right that has always been the issue with the apple watch and and this my um we had uh, dinner with some friends not too long ago and and my wife uh, made this point too. She was, she, 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 she said, it's dumb. Like I want to, I want to just have it on. Like for her, that was like always the feature that was missing from the Apple watch. And it's, it's true. So now it's not. Um, and you got to buy a new Apple watch to get it, unfortunately, but I'm glad that they did it. Turns out there wasn't a compass in the Apple watch. It's one of those things where it's like, Oh, I yeah. mean, I, I know now that you're telling me, I know that there wasn't one, but I'm surprised by that they literally so. put boy scouts in their in their video mm-hmm. that made me laugh like of course who needs a compass boy scouts but being able to use that when when using the map for walking directions is really useful sure i thought they spent too much time on compass they honestly. did I, they did you they know did. compass whatever compass okay. titanium and ceramic have been added as expected um did you see these they're both addition i did not get a good look at either i think it's interesting the titanium is basically priced the same as the fancier stainless 
and not priced like the the ceramic. Ceramic is is an addition priced as such. It's like twelve hundred or fourteen hundred or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the um the titanium is in that seven or eight hundred dollar range of of just a a pricey stainless model, mm-hmm. um, which I was a little surprised by, and that's that's nice. But I did not get to see those close up. And uh, there is an S5 chip inside. wasn't mentioned on stage, but apparently is for power saving stuff and like to to help make this always on retina display work. So it ah. does have a different chip inside, but there isn't enough difference that they called it out. And uh, you can now choose whatever case and strap you want. So like the 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 Apple Watch case being what it's made out yeah. of, sort of material, uh, and something called Apple Watch Studio. Yeah, and this is why the retail stuff got pushed to the end is really this and i don't know the details of how it'll work in the stores but i will tell you on on um the website what it really means is you can go into apple watch studio and rather than trying to sell you like this watch that comes with this band and this watch that comes with this band you can also just say pick your watch body material and color Mm -hmm. pick your band buy which is i think a much better way to sell the Apple Watch yeah. is to is to pick any band and any watch and then get it. And I imagine what this means practically in the store and may even mean practically for all online orders. I don't know if they're going to do any bundles, but my gut feeling is what this means is the Apple Watch is going to ship in a box without a band. And then you'll also get a band. Mm-hmm. That's how the last one shipped. Remember? You would get that little package that you opened and it had the it was like two different boxes and they were like right. put together with some paper, but mm-hmm. that was just how they shipped. And I guess that was a test for this. Yeah. And so. I like it. Um, I don't know whether they'll let you buy an Apple watch without any band, which if you've already got bands, you could save a little bit of money, mm. but I think, I think you need to buy it with a band. They do want that, but they what they seem to have done is broken apart the idea that you're going to have a bundle. And that that's good because sometimes you get, you get this watch and you're like, eh, I guess I'll just pick this cheap band that I don't like because you've got another band that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and you may still have to do that, but what's better is if you're like, oh, I can just buy the watch with the band I want and not buy the watch with a dumb band and buy the band you want. That's dumb. So uh, they seem, this is more complexity in, probably, in Apple Watch distribution, but a way better experience. So I think that's, I think it's really smart. Watch OS 6 is coming on September 19th for Series 3 and above later this fall for older devices. <laughs> wonder if they'll start doing this for other products, too. Who knows? I mean, I guess they already did it for the, I- the iPhone and the iPad, right? It's uh, mm-hmm. iOS 13 is coming uh, on uh, September 19th for the iPhone. And yeah, there's a, there's a conversation for the maybe for next week about yeah. what on earth is going on. Uh, with Apple software releases this year because they are all over the place. Um, but yeah, that's that's when it's coming out. And they're keeping the Series 3 around. Series 4 is gone. Series 3 is stick, sticking around. Yeah, it's another decision that they have made once before at least, which is, you know, you kind of go two back to the one that not only does that give you ger- differentiation, but it lets them take that one and really aggressively price it. And the the new um, the new price is really good. So... I think that's great. Yep. All right. Let's take our final break. We'll talk about iPad and then do some hashtag ask upgrade questions to round out today's episode. Let me thank Pingdom for their support of this 
episode. Pingdom are awesome because they help keep your sites and the sites that you love online. They monitor your website so you don't have to. They give you real-time feedback so you know exactly what's going on at all times. The internet is a wonderful place, but stuff breaks all the time because things can get complicated. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every month. That is more than 400,000 outages a day. It doesn't matter how big your website is or whether you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company. You need alerts about critical website issues because if you want something to be online, you want to know when it's accessible to people. Pingdom will let you customize how you're alerted depending on the severity of an outage. They will track and analyze your website's load time as well so you can see exactly what is affecting the user experience. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom. They have a no-fuss approach to get started. All they need is the URL that you want to monitor and they'll take care of the rest. Go to Pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code UPGRADE at checkout and you'll get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. So that was an iPad segment, which was a surprise, I think. Uh, there have been rumors of, yeah. of uh, a new iPad, but I don't think realistically anyone really considered that it was going to be a part of this event, that they would shuffle it off to an October event. But the 9.7-inch iPad has been replaced of a 10.2-inch iPad that has a smart connector. It's $329, $299 for education. Yeah, it's it's filling that same price, and it's very similar to the old one. The big change being it's got a slightly bit larger screen. It's physically more or less the size of the iPad Air now, which means that it's got a smart connector on it for the first time, which means it can use the same uh, keyboard that the iPad Air uses, which is, which one is that? Is that the, is that the old 10.5 inch iPad Pro keyboard as well? So I I believe that there is a listing. Yeah. So it says it's a new product, but it is the smart keyboard for iPad 7th generation and iPad Air 3rd generation. But it is listed as new on the website, but I don't think it is new. I think that it's been updated to just change the name. Right, right. So the idea here is they made it a shape because they wanted to put smart connector on it, but there were no smart keyboards being made that fit it. So this one is the shape and size of the iPad Air, more or less, with a smart connector on the side so it can use the previous generation smart keyboard just like the ipad air can it can use the apple pencil which the previous ipad could also use that first generation apple pencil so they just rolled the keyboard feature in there which i thought was interesting because then they talked about like comparing it to to pc laptops and stuff like that so even the 329 ipad now can do that whole story that we used to consider the ipad pro a few years ago of uh, a smart keyboard and apple pencil yeah there's some questions about the iPad line now, but the good yeah. thing is, uh, it's good. This is good for the iPad line. Prime placement in the best keynote. And 329 mm-hmm. for that that 329 model, which they said on stage is their best-selling iPad, which I don't doubt for that price. And it's and it's got, you know, it's got a good screen and it's got Apple Pencil support and it's got to keep it like it. I think there's a real question of like why the iPad Air exists because it's better for a little bit more but it's just so weird because it's they're now the same size. I don't know whether that means they're going to reposition the iPad Air or whether it's just going to vanish at some point, but um, it, it, that, there's some weird things still going on with the iPad line, but uh, it, but it's good. Like This is their most important thing. They last updated this product at that Chicago event last year, right? So 
I think this is uh, the, to do the seventh generation version. Like, it's great. It is, it's their most popular product for a reason. And they revved it going into the holidays. And they've got a keyboard story for it. That's great. Having that smart keyboard as an option is fantastic. I mean, the, as a percentage of the price of the iPad, that smart keyboard is expensive. <laughs> but uh, it's good that they've got that smart connector and they can tell that story if they want. What what else what else is there? I mean, iPad OS is coming late. We should mention that. Like, oh yes, again, it's coming late. Mm-hmm. Uh, end of the month. It's going to be thirteen point one. Yeah, it's coming at the end of the month. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. It's just funny that, like, if you're an iPad user and you want to get those updates, the answer is you can just get the, get on the beta and get it. But if you want to wait for the final final, you will have to wait later than iPhone users, and that's just how it has to be. I think that's a good move because. Yeah, the betas. It's like, yeah, take your time. It's good. Good. More betas? Good. Keep taking your time, Apple. Joe wants to know, do you believe that Apple's <laughs> next event, thank you for the lasers, will be all mm-hmm. pro-focused given that the Mac Pro is still due to come out later this year, the consumer iPad is now out of the way, and all of the rumors of MacBook Pros and new iPad Pros? Joe, 100%, that's what I think the next event will be. I think that there will be an event in October. I think they may actually use it to launch um, Catalina, in fact. Um, But it makes sense. We got this rumor of the impending 16-inch MacBook Pro. Um, They could do an iPad Pro update that is minor, but still like throw on an A13X processor to keep it uh, up to speed with the latest chips. Yeah, it might be like pretty much the same week that ipad os ships yeah it could be i mean they just right. said october or well no yeah. they that, that's the ipad well, os is shipping late well, september it right? ships monday september 30th for all we know they could be doing an event like in three they four could time, last right? last year that's that's awfully fast last year they did a, a, a right before halloween mm-hmm. so but sometime in october i feel like that kind of makes sense um throw in the mac pro like they could ship it or they could give a ship date and final pricing and more details. And there, there is more than enough stuff that is rumored or seems logical that they would have in the pipeline for them to do that event. So I would say I think that Apple's next event will be a pro-focused thing. Here's, here's the problem. Um, you could argue that the iPad today is a weird placement. Because if they have other iPads, why would they not have announced them together? The argument would be this is the mainstream consumer product launch and that product is ready to go and, and why not give it a give it a kick? Um, and then the other thing I would say is Joe's question was Apple's next event. And I think that Apple's next event, maybe it happens in October. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it happens in March. Maybe it happens in February. It doesn't necessarily happen, have to happen in October. However, if I had to guess today... I would guess that that is there will be a pro hardware event and it will be in October and it will be new Mac laptop, more Mac Pro details, iPad Pro updates and uh probably maybe, Catalina, maybe a display if we're really lucky. And display, yeah, well, I mean, yes, there's that display with a $1000 uh stand and a different one that doesn't have a $1000 stand. Maybe. Who knows? That maybe is $1,000 on its own. Whole display. Don't worry about stand. Chris says, I'm disappointed that the Apple Watch 4 is out of the lineup. I was hoping to buy a cheap one. Is the Apple Watch 3 worth it? The 4 seemed like such a jump forward. 
So I will say, if you wanted to buy a cheap Series 4, they will exist in places, like yeah. check Best Buys and stuff like that, right? Like some places are going to be discounting that. But Yeah, maybe so. And I would say there will also be people who want to get a, a Series 5 who will sell their Series 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may be some refurbed Series 4 on Apple's website. So you have some options to get it. Um, I think it depends on your commitment to the Apple Watch. Like the bigger screen on the four is a lot better than the three. Three is a nice, nice uh, watch, but the four is a pretty big jump forward. So if you're serious about Apple Watch, I would do bargain hunting for a four rather than go back to the three. If you really are just taking a flyer on it and you don't think you're going to be using it heavily, but you want to see what it's all about and maybe use it for fitness stuff, um, then the three is a, it's a great deal because it's cheap. But um, if you have any kind of interest in getting that for, I would do some some bargain shopping and see if you can find a used or discounted for. Do you think, this comes from Daniel, do you think that Apple TV Plus pricing and the bundle with purchase of new products is a fair deal? And does that make it now a true challenger to Disney Plus and other streaming services? They are not a challenger now no. and won't be even after the content launches. They could have incredible TV shows, but their catalog is way too small. Way yes. too small. It's not you know. not with not the game they're playing. Not the game they're playing. I think I think the bundle with purchase of a new product is brilliant because it's gonna get this service in the in the face of Apple users. That's perfectly fair. Like it's a free year of content. Great. And then I can make my own mind up afterwards. But I don't have to give Apple money like specifically <laughs> to to try it. So yeah, cool. well, you do, you do, but right, but not for that. Yeah. Um, also, accounting, accounting wise, and this is going to be interesting. Accounting wise, I imagine they're going to account some prorated portion of those device sales as services revenue because of the value of Apple TV Plus being bundled in with the sale of the hardware. Couldn't that be a risk though for the amount of people that might not renew? Yeah, but it's services revenue, right? I think I think legally they probably have to do that because legally they they are including that service as part of the value of the device. So I think they actually have to do they already do that with some other stuff where they actually consider it services now. Um and it's a portion of the value of the of the hardware. So I think they'll do some more of that. But I, I think there's a question of what is the renewal? Can you just keep buying Apple hardware and getting Apple TV Plus forever? Or is this going to be something that really only happens year one? Um, but the whole first one's free idea applies here, which is they're getting this thing up and running. They want as many eyeballs in front of it as possible. They're going to get that. And uh, that might mean foregoing some incremental revenue now. It's fine. Like Disney, Disney is foregoing a lot of revenue by uh, aggressively pricing Disney+. Plus. The point is, you want to get it up and running and have people in your system as subscribers, and then um, you're looking at their lifetime amount of money they're spending on your service, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you get them in, you get them loyal, and then they stay with you for 10 years, Mm -hmm. 15 years at that price, and that's what they want, so... Um, I think that that this is an interesting way of Apple doing it rather than bundling it with their other services to just say, try it, year one, try it out. You get buy a new iPhone, you're going to get it anyway. So just watch it. And, and then a year or two from now, we'll come to you and say, you need to pay us to keep watching your favorite shows. Joe asks, is Mike coming back to the Apple Watch now? So I have said for a long time, one of the main reasons I don't want to wear an Apple Watch is because I don't want to have to lift my wrist to look at the time. Still very true. I'm very tempted. I was very tempted by the Series 4 because I think it looks great. 
I'm very tempted by the new cases. I really want to see what titanium and ceramic look like. Um, would I wear an Apple Watch every day? No. May I consider one again? Maybe. I'm not ordering anything now. Mm. I want to go and look at them, but I want to see how these new case finishings look. Um, I really like, I loved the white ceramic when they first did it. I love it again. I wished that the crown wasn't black. I don't know why they've done that. It's black with a red ring that should be all white in my mind. I would have liked to have seen that. I thought the image I saw was white ceramic with a white crown. All of the imagery that I have seen shows a black crown. Hmm. So I, I would love to see something if you've seen it, but everything on Apple's website shows a black crown. I think the slide on the presentation was with a white crown. Okay, so the crown is white, but the circle in, inside of the red ring is black. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that's everything. I'm looking at their website now, and it's okay. it, it's black. I can't. So, uh, but I want to go and look at it in person. Maybe it wouldn't look so bad because there's still a black ring around the screen. So who knows? Maybe it will match up. I am also intrigued by the uh, the uncolored titanium, just like the regular titanium. Maybe mm-hmm. we look cool. I want to go and look at them because visually they are more appealing to me. Um, maybe I maybe I'll add it into my watch rotation again. Who knows? But I'm, who knows? I'm not putting any bets on it yet. Fuzan asks, what is your opinion on titanium versus ceramic versus stainless steel as a watch material? I'm having a tough time deciding which one would be ideal for my needs. Um, All I know is what I've heard Marco say, which is that both titanium and ceramic are stronger than stainless steel. Uh, Ceramic can shatter, but I don't know if or what Apple will do about that. Do you know anything more than that? No, I just listened to Marco about this stuff too. I, mm-hmm. I I don't have any I don't have any opinion. I think uh, also the wisdom of Marco about watches, which is if you get a chance to see them in person at your Apple store, you should do that. You should one hundred percent go and try them on, especially if you're trying to try and decide. I mean, if you th- are worried about a watch material, then I think at that point you are, you are upgraded to the level where you need to go and see it in person. Mm-hmm. If you are somebody who's like, oh, I don't care, I just want I just want an Apple Watch. Well, you know what? Get the aluminum one then because it's the cheapest one and you don't care. But if you do care, you should probably care enough to go look at them in person if at all possible. And I know that means, you know, inconvenience of finding an Apple store to go see these things, but uh, it, that is the best uh, best option. I know there are weight differences too, but I don't know what the weight differences are exactly. Uh, but I know that there are weight differences between those materials. And that will make an effect when it's on your wrist. Even if it's only small, you will notice it. And Chris asks, final question today, is the iPhone 11 an upgrade from the 10s? in our opinion? Uh, because Chris is considering upgrading and reducing the monthly upgrade program payment. What do you think about that? Is the iPhone 11 an upgrade from the iPhone 10s? Well, we didn't even mention it, but like one thing is that uh, 3D Touch is gone. 3D Touch is gone. Haptic Touch. Which which I got a point. I think I got a point for because they they mentioned Haptic Touch. And they just, hey, it's great. It's got Haptic Touch. And I thought, uh, (laughs) okay, that that answers that question. Um, So you're going to lose that regardless of what you do. I'd say if you're on the 10s now, that might like, not be a problem. If, which is what we believe, that they just replace, like you can still do all of the same things. Right, it feels in iOS 13, which is yeah. for as much as we know is the case because the iPad yeah. can do everything. Right. So, 
I guess what I would say is, do you like a larger phone and and want to save money? Because in that case, yeah, I mean, you're going to get an upgraded processor. You're going to get two um, two cameras. If you use the zoom feature, the telephoto feature a lot, you're going to be sad because it doesn't have that lens. It's got the ultra wide lens. So, uh, but if you if it's literally an upgrade that will save you money and you don't mind losing uh, the 3D touch and having a larger phone, you know, I think the I think the 10R and so presumably the 11 is a pretty great phone. So you could do it. I I I don't know. I mean, if you've got a 10S, I I think most people with a 10S should just wait because they've got a one year old phone and you don't need to replace a one year old phone. All right, that wraps it up for this week's episode of Upgrade. If you want to ask questions for future episodes, hashtag AskUpgrade to do that, and we try and answer as many as we can every show. And if you want to help us open an episode of the show, hashtag SnowTalk. Next week, Upstream will be making a return because, Jason, there's been a ton of news about even just Apple's programs. A bunch of shows are being canceled left, right, and center. We're going to talk about that on next week's show, as well as, I guess ios stuff is ios out yeah ios is out no it won't be out will it next week's episode that'll be the week after but i'm sure there will still be a bunch of stuff about the iphone that we want to talk about there's going to be lots of wonderful news still to cover again stjude.org slash pineapple to donate to st jude um we're actually raised more money just through the episode we're at fifty two thousand six hundred and forty seven dollars so somebody or multiple people have gotten us up a thousand dollars more than when we started how wonderful is that and as i will say again if you pre-order an iphone this friday or you buy an apple watch now because you can buy those now which is something we didn't mention the apple watch you can just buy it now you can order it pre-order it now um if you do that please give St. Jude some money as well. I think that that's, it feels like a nice thing to do. Then you can feel even better about the purchase that you made um, because you'll be helping uh, St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital, which is a wonderful institution. Sixcolors.com. I'm sure Jason will have lots of posts and lots of words being written there Oof. over the next few days. Yeah. Um, you can follow Jason. He's at Snell. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thanks to Mailroute, Moo, and Pingdom for their support of this week's episode. And most of all, thank you for listening. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snell. Here's looking at you, Slophy.